is Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. This program is designed to help you build your faith in God's Word, receive His healing delivering power, and experience God's best in every area of your life. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Regardless of what you may be facing, His Word and power are available to you today. Now, last week we started talking about who we are in Christ. And I, I mentioned that this is really um, one of the most important subjects, one of the most important things you could learn, and that is pivotal, it's vital to your growth and development as a believer. And we looked at the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.17, that's been our theme scripture for this series. If anyone is in Christ, the Apostle Paul says, he's a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. So we're going to look a bit today on this word, a new creation. Some translation says, a new species of being, one that never before existed. Again, if anyone is engrafted into Christ, Amplified says, is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, the previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away, behold, the fresh and the new has come. So we said last week that the phrase, Paul understood this, the writers of the New Testament, they saw that being in Christ was not a religion, it was a relationship. There was a vitality. The new birth meant receiving the life of God. It meant being engrafted into and being seen as someone being in Christ. Just that alone, that, that should put a certain picture in your mind. That God sees every person who says, Jesus, I receive you as the Lord of my life. Everyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, who receives and believes what he did for them in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. He sees that person as being in Christ and now a member of the body of Christ. And I said to you, Paul says this, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul understood, he said, I'm part of Christ and Christ is in me. So I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. So this is all about life. It's not about religion. It's about life. It's about a relationship. It's about a vitality, a power that comes into the believer in Christ Jesus. Now, building on that, we're going to look at this phrase and talk about like the new birth. So because it says a new creation, if anyone is in Christ, he becomes a new creature, a new creation. So we look at uh, when something is created, we look at a birth. We'll see a child, a baby being born. That's a new life, we call it, a new life. So, so we'll look at this new birth phrase or this new creation or how one comes into Christ and what they become. Look at a few scriptures. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. See, the word of God is so important. The word of God is how we grow. The word of God is how we, our minds get transformed. The word of God is and our understanding of God's word is how we see ourselves the way God sees us. And then if you see yourself the way God sees you and believe the way God sees you, then what happens? Then you start living out the reality of what God has planned for your life. If not, then you won't. So 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23 says this, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. 
by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So someone is born again, you're born again, of not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. So God's word is seen as seed. Now that word seed is where we get the word sperm. It's from the word sperm and where we get our word sperm from. So God's word, um, when we receive the new birth, it's receiving the life of God into our spirit. That's why it says it's not corruptible seed, but it's incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, in, in John, St. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12, says this, But as many as received him, talking about Jesus, to them he gave power, or the ability, or the right, or the privilege, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. See here again, the believer in Christ becomes a son of God, a child of God. Previous to that, we see, we have the life of God. So we have the life of God. Now we have, we're called sons or children of God. See, again, we're not talking about religion, talking about a relationship. We're talking about a life, receiving the life of God, receiving the, we could say the sperm of the power of God into our life. In John chapter 3, Jesus says this, talking about to Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, a man who should know some things about spiritual things. But he says this uh, to, to Nicodemus, Jesus says, he says, Jesus answered and said to him, verily, verily, or truly, truly, and Jesus said, very, verily, he's trying to say, listen, listen up. What I'm about to say to you, take it seriously. I really mean it. That's like someone saying, I really mean this. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So born again, use that phrase, born again. Remember, said, if anyone be in Christ, is a new creature, there's a new birth, there's a new species of being, something's been recreated or created here. Now, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? Jesus again answered, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I'm saying to you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I'm saying to you, you must be born again. So now, Jesus is saying to us, and he's saying to Nicodemus, and he's telling us, that there are two births that every person born into this planet must experience. Everyone experiences a natural birth. That's where we got our physical body from. That's where we get our soul from. And when we're born again. But the thing is this, and we're born into the earth. That's our natural birth. But he says there must be a spiritual birth. Now, to understand that, you need to know the Apostle Paul in First. Thessalonians 5.23, he says this, that I pray God sanctify you holy spirit, soul, and body. So man is a tripartite being. He is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a physical body. Let me say it again. So every person on this planet, anyone born into this planet, he is a spirit being. So man is a spirit, has a soul, lives in a physical body. So next time you go to a funeral, you look, or, or, or a viewing, you look at that person's body, and you know they're not there anymore. Why? See, so they're flattened. The whole body's flattened. Now, why is that? See, when someone dies, their spirit and their soul leaves their body. So all you have there is, the, is we could say, their suit, their earth suit, their casing, what they were living in while they're in the earth. 
So that means when someone dies, they're going to go somewhere. They'll go to, again, based on what they believed. If they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and receive what he did for them, then what happens? They go to heaven. Now think about this. That's why man being a spiritual being will live on forever. Now, what you believe, who you believe, hopefully believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, I hope that's what your faith is in. If you believe on the Lord Jesus, then you're going to live on in eternity in a good way. If not, then it won't be in a good way because man is a spirit. Now think about this. Spirits cannot die. They've got to go on. They've got to live on. Now think about this. We put a man, let's say someone commits a crime. A violent criminal, violent murder. What we do, we put them in prison. Why? Because we don't want that person who has allowed his body to have control of him and allowed himself to be uncontrollable and wreak havoc and crime on the population. We don't want him left uncontrolled. So what we do, we put him in prison. That way we can control his body. Well, because man is a spirit, God created a place called hell, not originally for man, is prized creation. It was created for devils and demons. But because man is a spirit, a spirit being, even without a body, cannot be left to just roam around in eternity endlessly and without any barriers. So we could say this, hell is like a prison for spirits that have not submitted themselves to the will and the purpose of God. I hope that helps you a little bit. Now, going back to this, but I said this, man is a spirit. The Apostle Paul said, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, man is a spirit, he has a soul, he lives in a physical body. Now, has a spiritual creation, man apart from Christ, are separated from the life of God. The new birth, when someone says, Jesus, I receive you as the Lord of my life, then what happens? The life of God comes into them and they're reconnected to God. They're brought back. They're reunited. They're restored. We could say they become born again. The life of God comes into them. They're born again with the life and the nature of God. This is powerful. So again, that's why we've got to emphasize when Paul was talking about if anyone being is in Christ is a new creature. He wasn't talking about just some philosophy. He wasn't just talking about some system of religion. He was talking about people receiving the life of God. And that's what I want to emphasize. And Jesus said this, you must be born again. He was talking about a man's spirit being turned back to God. A man's spirit being reunited with God. A man's spirit being reborn so that it has the life and the nature of God, sensitive to God again and living for God. Now in First Thessalonians, First John, I'm going to read this one also. First John chapter 5 verse 1 says, Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loves him that begot, loves him also that is begotten of him. By this, I'm going to let me read that again. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So we're seeing the same kind of phrases, but different ways, same, same meaning we could say. So if you believe that Jesus is the Christ or is the son of God or is the one sent by God, it says then you're born of God. Then it goes on in chapter, in verse um, four, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. Now, why is the new birth important? 
Why does, you, why does God want every person to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Because it's by his powers, by the new birth, that we overcome the world. We overcome the world, the flesh, the devil. We can overcome anything. Why? Because of the life and the nature of God. Think about this. Children take on the nature of their parents naturally. When we are born again, we take on the nature of our heavenly father. Your father is not a loser. He's not weak is not poor, is not insufficient. Your heavenly Father is full of power. That must mean you have in you, even at a limited level, you have very much the very nature, the life of God in you, waiting to be explored, waiting to be exercised, waiting to be acted upon. And you and I, we need to believe that today. You are a new creation. If you've received Jesus, Lord of your life, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're special to God. He sees you as his child, his son, his daughter. He sees you as his worthy child. He sees you as being in right standing with him. And speaking about healing belongs to you. Again, this is very important. It's an important part of what God has called me to, to share on is just to encourage you and, and to show what his word says regarding healing belongs to you because faith comes by hearing. You really can't enjoy something unless you hear it. And so Jesus spoke good news. He gave us his word so we can hear it and we can believe it and we can act upon it. And in showing this the last several weeks, we started looking at um, Jairus, the story of Jairus. We also looked at the woman with the issue of blood and so we're going to go back a little bit and pick up from there uh, from where we left off last week so we see that there was this man called Jairus his daughter's at the point of death G uh, he goes to Jesus and he says now Jesus my daughter lies at the point of death in Mark chapter 5 verse 21 to 36 now he says my daughter's at the point of death however Jesus if you'll come lay your hands on her she shall be healed she shall be healed now we said this, that your words mean everything. What you say, what comes out of your mouth can be a matter of life and death. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 16 and 19, it says this, death and life, or sorry, Proverbs, I should say, Proverbs 20, Proverbs 18, 21, says life and death are in the power of the tongue. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 16, God says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, you choose life. Now think about that. So God's not the one choosing life or death. Who's choosing? You are. In life and death is in the power of the tongue. What you say out of your mouth is really important. What you speak over your life is really important. What you say over your children concerning their lives, their future, their destiny, because you're the highest authority in their life, you've got to be very careful what you say. Again, life and death are in the power of the tongue. What you say concerning God's word, whether you agree with God's word or disagree with God's word, that's what you'll have. That's what you'll say. In fact, Jesus said this, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe the things he says shall come to pass, he'll have what he says. That's interesting. That means your words You'll have what you say, be it negative or positive. You've got to watch over your words. And so we see this because Jairus comes to Jesus and he says, again, not denying, not ignoring, again, not denying, not, not, not um, trying to say, well, what's happened isn't happening. He acknowledges his daughter's at the point of death. But what does he say? He says, Jesus, you come lay your hands on her. She'll live. She'll not die. She's going to live. 
Now, he must have heard, we said, something about Jesus. He heard something good. What did he hear? That God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good. He heard and he saw what Jesus was doing in the lives of the sick, the diseased, the oppressed. He believed in that healing power. And he came to Jesus saying, Jesus, come, lay your hands. Now, we notice we said this, but it bears repetition. It did not say... Jesus, come, lay hands on her, and if it's God's will, my daughter will be well. Never said that. He didn't say, Jesus, I'm not sure, I don't even know. No. He came with definite faith. He came receiving. See, faith receives the will of God. But faith begins where the will of God is known. You must know what belongs to you. And that's why one of those scriptures, one of the theme, foundational scriptures we touched on was 3 John verse 2 where the aged apostle john says beloved i pray i wish i will above everything that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers what was he doing communicating the plan of god communicating the will of god for the people of his day and if jesus was was the healer back then and his word says in hebrews 13 8 jesus the christ the anointed one the same yesterday today and forever it's his will to heal you today, right now. You need to agree with that. This, this man, Jairus, he agreed with the will of God. He agreed with Jesus' ministry. Jesus obviously had a healing ministry sent from God. But think about this. His words dictated the actions of Jesus. We have no um, indication here. We have no proof that Jesus came off the boat planning to go to Jairus' house. That's not where he was going. But you see, faith moves Jesus, which must mean doubt, speaking against the word of God, the will of God, speaking something that God doesn't say, it moves him away from you, doesn't pull him towards you. Now, God's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's touched with whatever you might be faced with right now. But what draws that healing power? It's agreeing with the will of God. Jehirah, Jesus follows Jehirah. And we said now, um, this woman, <laughs> I mean, she's not thinking that, you know, Jesus is pretty busy on his way to Jairus. She probably doesn't even know about who Jairus is. All she said was this, and we're going to fast forward a little bit because we shared some things last week. She said, if I just touch his garment, I shall be, shall be whole. And we see here in verse 25, Mark chapter 5, a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse when she had heard of Jesus. See, what we hear, I'm telling you, is really important. If you've been hearing, you know, well, if it be thy will, if it's God's will for you to get into a better situation, if it's God's will. See, no, I said to you last week, if it be thy will, that prayer is one of the most unbelieving prayers you can ever pray if that's all you're praying. And I said the only time you use if it be thy will is when you need to, when you're dedicating your life to God, consecrating your life to God, when you want to discern and find out from him his specific will concerning some course, some direction that he has for your life. But you see, we don't need to ask if it be thy will to heal me. Why? Because his word tells us 
Isaiah 53, verse 3, 4, and 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes you were healed. That's the will of God. Well, what about what else? What about the New Testament, Pastor? Well, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 7, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So if someone didn't understand what Isaiah said, Matthew translates it and said, but that it might be. So Jesus' ministry was a fulfillment of what Isaiah prophesied when he said that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now fast forward in, in Peter's ministry, 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now, if someone was to say to me or say to you, well, is it God's will? Does God love people a lot? Does he want to save them from sin? You'd say, of course. Does he want to bring people in right relationships so that they can live with him in eternity? Oh, you say, of course. Well, the same scripture in, uh, in 1 Peter 2.24 that offers forgiveness of sins and right standing with God also offers healing of your body. So the thing is this, why accept just one part of it? when God's given us a twofold salvation. Again, who is on self, Peter says. And Peter lived with Jesus. He wasn't just putting a fad. He wasn't just speaking according to his denomination. He didn't care about any of that. All he cared about was what Jesus had said to him, what he saw in the ministry of Jesus. Who is on self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Healing is the will of God for you. You need to meditate upon those scriptures. You need to take them to heart. You need to believe them. See, you're hearing that today. Faith came. This woman heard of Jesus. She heard he's the healer. Then she said, she acted upon that. What did, how did she act? She got out of where she was. And she said, if I just touch his garment, I shall be whole. Now you need to agree with the words of Jesus. You need to agree and start saying, himself took my infirmities and bear my sicknesses. You need to agree with what he says. I mean, even for scripture says, let the weak say I'm strong. You need to start saying in the name of Jesus, I'm strong. My body is strong. I speak life to my bones, to my muscles in the name of Jesus. You need to start saying healing belongs to me. In fact, the scripture says healing is the children's bread. You need to start saying what God's word says about you. You need to just put those scriptures in your mouth. In fact, in the Old Testament, think about an old covenant. The psalmist David in Psalms 103 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives, and he goes, recounts them now, who forgives all of my sins and all my iniquities, who heals all of my diseases who redeems my life from death and destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, how about you today put, putting those words in your mouth instead of sickness and disease? Instead of saying, you know what, I never, you know what, I never, you never know what will happen. Oh, you know what, I'm going to die of a heart attack. Oh, you never know. You know, this is going around. I'm going to get it. I'm going to die early. Instead of you saying that, why don't you do what the psalmist David trained himself to do and started saying, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. When you get up in the morning, instead of whining and complaining, why don't you put God's word 
of faith in your mouth and start saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities. See, all you do is turn to it. It's in the book. Start to turn into it and start saying it. Start reading it until it gets into your heart, until it gets into your mind. So you start thinking. See, when you start saying what God says, then it changes your vision of yourself. You start seeing, yes, God's plan for me is good. Again, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. See, so what David understood, he said, he would say this, soul, encourage yourself. See, you've got to encourage yourself. In fact, when, when the third John 2, the apostle John says this, that you may prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Well, your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect. So you've got to command yourself. You've got to train yourself to believe God's word. You've got to give attention to what God's word says about you. Why? There's so many negative forces trying to get your attention, trying to put your attention on sickness and disease, trying to get your attention on not living the, the quality of life that God has for you. So you've got to resist that with the word of God. Put God's word in your mouth today. Put it in your, in your heart today. Sing God's word to you. Wake up and go to bed at this time. I mean, with God's word. Throughout the day, recall the word of God to your heart and to your mind. In fact, this is not what the scripture tells us in Psalms chapter 1. Blessed, be the, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, see, his delight, his gladness, is in the law of the Lord and on his word he meditates day and night. How about meditating upon the goodness of God? How about meditating upon the kindness of God towards you? How about meditating the Lord says taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm telling you is good to you today. Put his word in your mouth. Put his, his word in your heart. That's what this man did, Jairus. That's what this woman did. Regardless of their circumstances, as terrible as they were, they chose to believe the word of God and their words were corresponding with God's word and their actions followed God's actions. They followed their words and they saw the promise of God fulfilled in their lives. Call us today. We, we would love to pray with you and agree with you concerning healing for your body because it is the will of God or whatever you might be facing. God's promises covers your need and we, we look forward to agreeing with you to see the power of God manifested in your life and the goodness of God seen by you today. Being a member here at Foundation for Life Family Church for several years, the word of God has really changed my life. It's been a strength and an encouragement to me. I've been challenged by the Word, and it's really become a part of my life. It's one thing to read the Word. It's another thing to make it a part of your life. And I can say in the beginning, it's not always easy. It is a task at the beginning. But the more you make it a part of your life, the more you, are, you, you grow by it. It's really been a reference point for me. You know, you've been thrown many challenges in life, and I can safely say that through those challenges, the Word of God has sustained me, it has strengthened me, it has challenged me. So I can safely say here that the Word of God has been a tremendous um, help in my life, um, and through the many different stages of life, I've learned so much. As you meditate on the Word, and, and it, as it becomes a part of your life, you're challenged, you're changed, and it doesn't leave you the same. So I would encourage anyone to make the word a part of your life.
Let the word of life, the word of God come alive in your heart and in your life as you apply it to the daily challenges that come and you make it a part of you. The word works. Thank you for joining us today on Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we encourage you to partner with us financially to continue the teaching of God's Word. To give, please write to Foundation for Life Christian Ministries or securely online at foundationforlife.ca. Healing for the Nations is a ministry of Foundation for Life Christian Ministries. Visit foundationforlife.ca and avail yourself of our valuable life-building resources for free. Join us next time on Healing for the Nations.